Hello and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcasts with Chris and Aaron. Hi everybody, welcome to episode 141 of the Camping Crew Podcast. I'm Aaron Birchall. And I'm Chris Byrne. It's meant to be a fun podcast. As always, we let you know we're just enthusiasts on what we discuss on the podcast are just our own personal views, although we do look into things that you ask us to look into. If you'd like to support the podcast, and if you can afford to, you can buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash the camping crew. I want to say a big thank you to Angelica for her donation this week. Right, let's see what's happening with news and online chatter. It was more or less all about the NEC in Birmingham this year, Chris. Yeah, watching uh, a lot of YouTube over the weekend because I, I wasn't able to go to it this year. And um, um, you, might, you might remember Ruth and Khan, who were on the podcast a few times doing some interviews with us. They were over and sending back pictures and lots of information um, over the weekend and watched a good lot of uh, YouTube videos. And um, I suppose the whole show was sold out for the four or five days it was yeah. on and did five big massive hauls for me what stood out in all the videos and pictures and it seems to be new enough i don't remember seeing many of them here but you know the likes of those big sprinter vans and those they all seem to be adding in uh pop tops to them now Aaron. have you noticed that yeah, yeah i've noticed that on, on new and new vans not so many people doing conversions buying pop tops yes for the volkswagens but yes i've noticed a lot of them and you know what they seem to be beefier higher and off-roady looks about them yeah and it's like it, it's such a simple idea uh, you know i can't believe it is more popular than it is because you know you've automatically got uh, an extra double bed to your van just by yeah. putting a, a popped up on top so it makes complete sense so delighted to see that i've actually seen a benamar on instagram one of the new no sorry not benamar burstners on instagram and they're the, you know the normal kind of uh, motorhomes with the overhead cabins yes. they're actually coming with pop tops one of the new vans has a pop top overhead cab as well so when you don't need it you can pop it down and when you want the extra bed space then you pop up the the yeah. overhead bed it's such an easy concept, isn't it? I know it's an expensive concept for people doing home conversions, like for the VW. Actually, I was up at Buckled Wheel uh, during the week and a chap just happened to come in and ask, do you do pop-ups for Mercedes Sprinters? I've seen one on YouTube. And Dave had said to him, no, we don't. This is what we sell. And gosh, you know what? He's a good salesman. He almost sold him one of his teardrops. The chap <laughs> only came in for a high roof. But I'd say it's, it's an expense, Chris. And as it is this time of the year or the way things are with with the remnants of the the covid virus vans are so expensive and that might up the price just that little bit too much for a sale for that little bit of extra space well that's it like you know possibly as you said it might be something you could add on after but you're better off to try and get it when you're getting the van if you can yeah. another thing i saw Aaron, in a lot of the vans on the youtube videos from those youtubers who were reviewing the show was the drop-down beds are just really popular. Every single van seemed to have a drop-down bed. You know, when those wind down uh, yep. mechanically or electronically, uh, they just seem to be coming in every van. Again, another simple idea. Put the bed away when you don't need it. It's and have the roof space that you're not space. using. Yeah, yeah, for example, our model where we've got the fixed bed down the back of our home where you could easily have a bed up there that's not even seen it just looks like a roof cloth the only thing and god be good to me father he would always say it it's one more thing that can go wrong 
when you've got moving parts like electric windows or the weight of a bed and without mentioning any names, you and I know a chap who has a fairly recently new van and within eight months of it gone and that is his only method of sleeping. The bed went out of kilter slightly on one side and it stopped coming down. So that is my only fear. If you don't need it, why buy it? I mean, you know, if you said, oh, well, the grandchildren might come at me, put them on the floor or drop the table. I would just be afraid that you spend an extra 10 grand for this model of van. You've got that bed that chances are you might only use twice in a year. If it goes wrong, it's an expensive fix. Yeah, I think some of them come with kind of they're kind of strap driven like a, a belt and some of them are on a, a mechanical mm. uh, arm. So I suppose you just make sure they're, they're sturdy enough and you, you maintain them. So that was it. Like I did put a tweet of some of the pictures that Rudin Khan had sent, like some of the accessories. I, spe- I specifically asked them to send me on some gadgets and and things like that. So uh, they did a bit of that as well. So um, thanks. Did for they do questions. any shopping? Did they buy any gadgets themselves? Uh, I didn't hear anything now unless they're keeping to themselves. I don't believe there's any uh, motorhomes uh, purchased or anything. But you could be so tempted over there looking at them all. Oh, couldn't you? Look, when we were over there, wasn't it so? It's so easy to sign on the dotted line when you see something. And in fairness to shows like the NEC in Birmingham, there are deals to be had, good savings to be had if you buy today. Yeah, if you have some money in the bank, uh, you can make a a, a nice deal over there. Now, I'm not sure how the the, the additional cost of bringing the van over, bringing it in, will be now kind of after Brexit. Like, But look, certainly there's a options there and there's another one coming up in october Aaron. so we might uh we might venture a, a visit what do you think i think it'll be slightly smaller than this one but it still might be worth a trip over yes we'll look into that option as well so we'll watch this space lots of videos on youtube if anybody wants to check him out just search for nec 2022 and uh you won't be long getting a, a feast of videos to watch other online news, I came across the thing on one or two of the Facebook groups and on one or two of the forums from the Leinster Leader newspaper. Kildare County Council have been asked to examine the feasibility for overnight parking for tourists and motorhomes. If you look up leinsterleader.ie and you'll find that on their news page. That is good news. Anywhere some council or government official has been asked to look into the feasibility, that's always a good news story. Yeah, and even better if that feasibility results in a uh, in an actual area for motorhomes yeah. to park, um, to be even better again, you know. And on that, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, start. I see a lot of activity on Facebook groups, people saying that they can't get in touch with certain campsites. And I heard that such and such is booking up. If you can't get in touch, just keep trying. If you want to get a spot, especially for a bank holiday weekend or for your kids two weeks summer holiday or whatever, don't give up. Keep trying. Keep ringing. Keep emailing. I emailed one campsite for a bank holiday weekend and after four weeks got no reply. So I emailed them again and then I got a reply with an apology saying they are just so busy and we did manage to get the weekend booked in. So don't get disheartened. You're going onto Facebook saying, oh, I'm trying to get in touch with such and such a campsite and I haven't heard back. Email again and don't get ratty with your emails. Just copy and paste the email. Keep trying because campsites are all coming online now. I see actually Sextons in Clonakilty, they're having problems. They're so busy that they're having problems. Their system crashed, but they are taking bookings by email, but not by their new booking system. So just guys, 
stick with it. Don't, don't give up. Just keep trying. If you want to go to that site, just keep sticking out the emails, keep making the calls and keep leaving the messages. Yeah, and consider some of the quieter parks as well. Like um, I can see a lot of places filling up for Paddy's weekend, um, but there are lots of parks out there that will have loads of availability. So mm-hmm. just have a look on the different um, the different apps like the Motorhome Parking Ireland app and some of those just to see what other options are out there kind of in areas that you might be interested in seeing. Right. Listeners, messages and shout out. Um, Dory was on boards.ie and you on, on boards.ie you spotted this story. Yeah, he just put a message there um, uh, a week or so back. He said, uh, hi, guys, loving the podcast. I have a question for you. Um, you seem to be able to answer every random questions. He said, I'm looking into buying one of those big power banks, something like the Jackery 500 or, 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 or like that. Uh, ideally, I would go to a campsite, plug it in when on hookup, and then be able to go off grid for a day or two. He said, if I went to a campsite, would I blow the whole thing if the campsite was max 10 amps. I'm having trouble figuring out what amp an item is when I go to buy it. Thanks. Right. A lot of people did tell them how to figure out what the ampage and wattage is of like a hairdryer, a microwave. And in fact, we'll tweet that. We've Remember, I gave you a little picture of that months ago. And we've tweeted it a few times. But I think one of the questions he was he was asking was, whilst charging the Jackery, he was afraid of tripping the 10 amps. Now, I did a little bit of research. I went on to quite a few websites and it's looking like it's anywhere from two to four amps to charge a Jackery from dead. If you go to a campsite and you plug in and you know you're going to be wild camping for a few days and you want to charge your Jackery or the equivalent, it's only going to take about anywhere from two to four amps, depending on how dead it is to start. There's always a surge of power. So don't be worrying about charging any of those power devices when you're on site. Why not charge it at home before you leave? And then that way it's in the boot of the camper and it's charged and it's ready to go in case you actually don't get to your campsite for the first night. There might be a change of plan, but... Um, I think most people would do that anyway, wouldn't they? It's just Yeah, well, I know we had one, a sim, not a jackery, and we would just keep it charged. It's the same with those little jump boxes that we used to have when we had bangers of cars. You just keep them charged. That's the best thing. And on running them... Um, they say 500 to 1,000 watts. They run comfortably at 500 watts at pure sine wave, which is good for electronics equipment. And it'll surge to 1,000, but it's not recommended that you run up over the 500 watts. But they're just letting you know that it won't blow up if, we, let's say, you plug in the kettle and the toaster. It won't blow up, but it's still not recommended. If you buy a 500 watt, just run it up to the 500 watts. If you think you're going to need more, buy a bigger unit, be it a Jackery or any power station like that. Yeah, and they are fairly expensive, these uh, power They're units. They're not so, cheap. They're uh, not cheap. I, I see a lot of people using them online. If, if they're spending most of the time wild camping, what they'll do, they'll go in, they'll go, they'll drive off with a charger from home, like yeah. you suggested, yeah. go wild camp for two or three days, maybe stop at a campsite to wash clothes, shower, and to charge and up charge all the devices. They're, they're, these people are running laptops and things like that for, for probably working from the van and, yeah. and and charging up things like that, you know, running kettles most people would have. I, know, I like would suggest, like because of the cost of them, I would actually look at a solar system. One or two solar panels and a second leisure battery, you'll have change out of the price of one of those. And I'll use Jackery because you're paying big money for the brand name because they are a well-established brand name. But I've got to be honest, you'll get a good solar system. Okay, it won't run 
your toaster. But if you bought a good inverter, for example, I have a 1200 watt pure sine wave inverter in the B-Bow and I have it purely in it to run an 800 watt toaster. That is the only, it runs at laptops and stuff, but I wanted to make sure I could have toast from the toaster. So before purchasing one, I would just suggest price up a solar kit and a good inverter. And I think you'll have change in your pocket. And Aaron, what's wrong with my two euro toaster that I reviewed back in one of the early podcasts? Absolutely nothing. It's just that I had <laughs> this toaster. <laughs> and you see, you guys love your toast done over the grill, don't you? You'd you'll sit there with your toasty thing and do it over your flame grill. I like toast toast. In the Heimer, we have the grill and I still plug in the toaster. Just the point of those Jackery devices and others bluety ones, and there's a couple of others. There's very few, if any, companies in Ireland that are actually selling those. I've tried to source a couple of them now from Ireland and across Europe. And because yeah, they're batteries, not, um, they're, they're not, yes, uh, they're, none of the delivery companies will ship batteries anymore of that size. It's not that they won't. They're not allowed. Yeah. Um, the batteries have to be dead. And obviously it's bad to run a battery dead. You're not supposed to even be able to buy camera batteries. I bought batteries from my Nikon recently. You're not supposed to be getting them in the post. Surely there's no a lot being there for one of the, the one of the um, the accessory shops suppliers. to sell some yeah. of these, drive over, get a yeah. truckload of them, bring them back. Because I can't get one for I the life of me. So. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Now they are available because I do see people in Ireland using and now. And I'm saying the Jackery one is an American one. But I do see people in Ireland say, oh, look what came today. And I'm saying. How did that come? But yeah, they, they, I'd say people yeah. are just buying them over in the UK when they're there, maybe. Or maybe yeah. there is somebody that we don't know. But if, if any listeners know of a, a dealer in Ireland that's selling them, I'd love to share it with the, with the rest of the listeners. Yeah, as well. we'd love to pass it on. Something that we don't have on the notes, speaking of uh, listener shout out and messages. Um, I got a message during the week on Twitter and I forgot to put into notes. And it was a lovely one from a lady called Audrey. And she said, hi, Charlie. You who knows all, <laughs> is there anyone possibly retrofitting underslung van LPG tanks in Ireland, please? At present, the tank we have, the gas bottles we have is just too small. I did a bit of research, got a bit of information, and I did pass on a company in Cork that fit underslung tanks, but I meant to put that on the notes. Okay, thanks for that, Audrey. And anybody else uh, who has any questions or or like to, to help us with any of the questions that we ask during the podcast, uh, we'll pass on some details at the end of the podcast. Right. Campsites and stopovers. Kevin Hacker was on Facebook Messenger recommending a new airs in Kilkenny. And it's a sheer fluke that myself and Charlie are actually, we have a bit of work in Kilkenny next week and we're going to stay in that air. But we we'll go on and it says here, I was in the air in Kilkenny two weeks ago. It's a terrific, a terrific job for 10 euro. It's located at the back of Guinea's entrance near the Paramore and Barnes main entrance. Camper vans can gain access via Wolftone Street car park. Sectioned, sectioned off area in the middle of the car park. It's provided by City Limeworks venue. It's on the motorhome, the MPI app, and you can text or WhatsApp Joe on 083-1995-777 to book it. Um, this is a fabulous thing right in the centre of Kilkenny. We know we have Tree Grove Caravan and Camping Park, but if you just want to stay for a night and it's all year round, it is a massive car park with a section for motorhomes, grey water, black water disposal, 10 euro into the machine. And I think it's well worth it. And we hope to have a review coming up on that as season five kicks off in a couple of weeks on our YouTube channel. But yeah. I Ken, think it's actually gated there. off, uh, Aaron, as well. You've got to ring a number when you get to the gate as well. Right. I'm not too sure about that, but we'll know more because myself and Charlie are actually in Kilkenny next week. 
and uh, we hoped to, we plan on staying there. I wasn't going to stay over because it's only up the road, but I said we might as well do a review. So we'll bring you more on that. But it is a great spot. And thank you to Kevin. Again, uh, Wolftone Street car park. You can gain access in there. OK, so Charlie, we uh, had a video out today, Aaron. Yeah, it's literally only three minutes. We threw up a video this morning getting ready for Chris season five. Uh, it's, it's hard to believe. I was looking back <laughs> at the seasons. So today's video is literally just a short one saying that this Friday's video is the reveal of the Overlander. The Overlander is finished, completo, done for sale. So this Friday's video at nine o'clock is just a bit of drone footage, the before, the during, the after. And today's was just a little short video telling you where we've been already for season five. And those videos kick off the following Friday as we get back into campsite reviewing. And I can't wait to get out and do more campsite reviews for you guys. So this morning, quick video, check it out. YouTube.com forward slash Charlie and me are camping vlog. And then this Friday, the final Overland, the final Overland Friday video. I will have a couple on a Wednesday because I've done um, a price, a building cost. That'll be thrown up the following Wednesday. But Friday videos are back to campsite reviews. So just keep an eye on it. YouTube.com forward slash Charlie and me, our camping vlog. And thank you for your support for the four seasons and season 4.1, which was the Overlander. And now season five kicks off in two weeks. OK, so we're moving quickly through. And um, one of our listeners, um, Angelica, she sent us in a fantastic product review. So I'm going to read her email because um, she says everything that needs to be said about this. So he said, she says, hello there. I started listening to your podcast during lockdown when all we could do was dream, was dream of getting out. And since then, I get a lift whenever there's a new episode out. Thank you for your work and for keeping us dreaming. Um, getting in touch to suggest a product review as have long been looking for an awning to complement our mini camper and others may benefit from my find. I recently got this and I'm loving it so far. Although, as you can see in the picture that she sent, it has only been used for playdates inside my living room so far. We're unashamedly lazy when it comes to camping and we only wanted something for weekend trips. So ease of assembly was priority here. I bought the Decathlon Airbase one and the 20 minutes or so of inflation were just too much for us. Since then, I found this called Wear Tomorrow Pop-Up Gazebo, which is based on an umbrella-like mechanism. So no poles or pumping to deal with. It took just three minutes to assemble first time and it offers a reasonable space inside for a short stay where my tall husband can stand. Quality is good for the price and comes with a bag and some nails for the ground. The sides attach very easily with some clips, although you just get one included. I bought another one, which is almost 30 quid, and I found this very expensive for a piece of material. I would like to get two more to be able to close it off when we go away, but we're going to make them by hand as a cheaper alternative. Anyone interested can search for Where Tomorrow pop-up gazebo on Amazon. I hope this is useful. She said um, she's looking for recommendations of the best Facebook groups then to sell her to Catlin Airbase, which she no longer needs. So uh, I had suggested back to Angelica to just 
you know, whichever Facebook group she, she's most active, yeah. uh, just to pop it up there or, or just try, you know, some of the the, the regular, uh, uh, busier ones there. So I've given her a couple of suggestions to try. But a fantastic review, Aaron. I had a Brilliant. look at it on Amazon. It's currently €85 Euros on Amazon.co.uk. Obviously, if you're buying that and sending it to Ireland, there's going to be... Um, uh, a Taxes. kind of import tax mm. on that, but look, might be too expensive. It looks like a a, a lovely setup, um. You know, for, as she says, for the price you're getting, it's a uh, it's it's poles, but it's all one mechanism that just pops up from the centre. So a uh, very easy construction. Yeah, they seem to be selling it and advertising it as a large event pavilion, festival party tent, standing height 1.9 metres, waterproof gazebo with a UV <coughs> plus 50 protection, which is pretty good. I love the ones that we got from Decathlon, but that one there was obviously another 100% dearer, but that one seems to be quick and easy and does exactly what it says on the tin. Yes, the instant setup, I think, that, um, that Angelica was, was going yeah. for well, thank you for that review. Absolutely brilliant. People, if you have a product like that that you want to tell the listeners about, that's all you got to do is drop us an email or a WhatsApp or Instagram or text. We will give you all of the details, the contact details at the end of the podcast. Now, you were busy this week doing some interviews, Chris. Yeah, I had a great chat with uh, Kaylee all about car camping. If anybody's uh, a regular to uh, TikTok, they would have come across some of Kaylee's videos. I, I have no doubt about it. Um, she's kitted out a, a car, and we have a, a chat all about that during our interview. So I'm here with Kaylee O'Dowd. Kaylee has converted a car for camping, and that's what we're going to chat about now. Regulars to Instagram and TikTok in Ireland may very well have come across her videos or posts there, or might have even seen the recent feature earlier this month in the Irish Sun. So Kaylee, you must be thrilled to get that feature in the sun, were you? Yeah, Chris, I was absolutely delighted. Um, I was surprised, to be honest. I, I didn't realise it was written. And uh, someone sent it to me on my Instagram. It was a bit surreal reading it, you know. You didn't um, know anything about yeah. it? No, I didn't know anything about it, funny enough. Um, a digital reporter wrote it and, um, yeah, just sent it on Instagram. And, and I woke up to the message. I was delighted to see it, you know. Great. And have you been camping before or did you just start camping when you converted a car? Um, so I would have grown up with my family and my parents would be very big into it themselves. You know, when we were kids, we would have went to a lot of campsites all around Ireland. And then when I was old enough, I would have done a bit of wild camping, but I didn't take to it too well. You know, the Irish weather can be a bit unpredictable at times. So yeah, I never did anything as consistently as I do it now. So where did the idea come to, to get a car and to convert it over? So I basically spent my whole life uh, waiting to get out of Ireland. I was mad <laughs> to travel and I just was sick of it. And I just said, I wanted to go explore. And I was away for a year. And then, um, although I loved it, I came home during COVID and I decided to use the opportunity to explore Ireland and see what it had to offer. And um, so I started organizing, you know, one, two night trips, weekends away with my friends. We would do a lot of outdoor activities and um, drinking in local pubs, stuff like that. But we found this like really expensive. So we would stay in like Airbnbs, hostels, hotels. And yeah, it wasn't really feasible for us. You had limited flexibility, you know, when you're booking cancellation fees, stuff like that. So my boyfriend at the time, he suggested that we invest in a van. Um, and yeah, so we invested, we saved up for ages and we got a Fiat Ducato and uh, traveled around for that in a few months. 
Um, absolutely loved it. I wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. Um, it kind of became addictive. You know, anytime we had a free chance, we'd be gone. But he went back to college then and we went our separate ways and we sold a van and I was keen to keep it up myself. You got the bug at this stage. Yeah, it's, it's literally like a bug. It becomes a lifestyle. You're not going on holidays. It's it's your lifestyle. So yeah, funny enough, two days later, my mom spotted my, my the car I have now, which is a Peugeot partner on, on Dundee. And um, yeah, she pitched the idea. Fair play to her. She pitched the idea to me and, and we went from there. I never looked back, you know. And describe the setup that you have now uh, in the car. What you know, how you went about converting it, and what way you kind of designed it to suit yourself. So funny enough, I did three shvek all. So um, literally, the car itself is um, so the car itself is it's called a Peugeot Partner. It's a five door, five seat. So it's bigger than a car, but not quite as big as a van. So that's most taxi drivers drive them. That's why I call it the taxi. Yes, yeah. Um, so yeah it's uh, five doors five seats and then basically I just fold the seats down and I have a removable unit in the in the boot it's from Aragal Campers if you've ever heard of them yeah Um. so yeah so it's literally just a removable unit and it has like a wooden frame that folds down on top of the seats so and I just have a, a foam mattress on top and um, yeah the removable unit has a pull-out cooker uh, very simple, um, minimalistic type thing, but it definitely it does it does a trick. It's more than enough, you know. Yeah, it's plenty good. So you have your storage kind of underneath the bed in this pull out unit, then, and your mattress sits on top of that. So obviously the the extra seats obviously fall flat for you, do they? Yeah, they do indeed. And like to be honest, I'm I was surprised at how much storage I have. So I've storage underneath the bed itself, and then I've storage underneath the seats storage on top of you know where your like uh, sun visors are there's storage all up there like I'm never actually short for storage which is um which was a surprise for me especially downgrading from the Ducato you know so you arrive home you can take all that kit out and just have it as a normal car when you want it as well can you yeah yeah like I've often um went to festivals and carried you know three people in the back and then when they got out set up the bed and and slept away you know which is fantastic to be able to do that have it as a car or as as a wee van you know um so cost the the whole the car and the kidnapping cost you about seven thousand could you give us a breakdown of how you spent that seven thousand yeah so and the whole thing about these aerial um camping units is that it's literally you don't have to do anything everything is for you so I spent six and a half thousand for the car itself. And then the I got the camping unit secondhand for 300. Now, if you're getting it, I don't think they actually make them anymore. But, you know, they're usually around a thousand euro. We got very lucky um, in that deal. Um, and then I spent 200 quid literally just buying, you know, sheets um, like a little tapestry, a throw for the bed. I made it look very pretty now, I have to say. I like me comfort, you know. Um, but yeah, I spent 200 quid kind of doing it up and, and making it mine, you know, and um, and yeah, that's literally it. It's very simple, you know. Yes, you put your own personal touches to it, obviously, to make it like a, a home from home. Yeah. And um, a bedroom. <laughs> exactly. And what must have items do you take with you then? Obviously, you can't take everything with you. You're limited with space, what you can bring. So if there's certain items that you, you can't leave behind, uh, the must have camping items, what are they? Um, so... You know, um, if you're thinking about going car camping, the number one thing is definitely blackout blinds for the windscreens. You know, often I park on side of the road behind pubs and um, in front of beaches. 
you, you never know who's walking around. So I always have blackout blinds. Oh, I never leave without bin bags, toilet paper, um, hand sanitizer. Um, I I think the for me personally, because I go so often, the Ergo camping unit or something similar, I've seen knockoffs of these, which are fantastic. Yeah, I think that's a necessity because, you know, if you're going every other weekend, I, it would be it wouldn't be too comfortable, you know, but you can, I've, I've met people who have car camped without the unit. So yeah. um, it yeah, just makes the waiting's easier. So you have your cooker, you can make your coffee or cook up a breakfast or some tea in the evenings. Yeah. Do you know what I find with the cooker as well? Like if you're away and it's cold, I often um, heat up a hot water bottle with the, you know, I heat Brilliant, up yeah. the motor and have the hot water bottle, which is fantastic, you know? And um, so it's little tricks and little things that you kind of find only when you start going, you know? And is there any unnecessary luxury items that you bring with you that are, are not necessary? Um, luxury, not so much. I mean, like I have, I have, um, you know, I, I bring a fire pit, uh, you know, it's an eco-friendly one. I bring a few camping chairs there. I don't use them really because you never, you know, like they, I literally just sleep in this car, put it that way. Yeah. Um, and make a cup of tea if I come down off a hike or something. Um, but that's about it. I do have cooking supplies in there. Again, there's probably no need for them because I do, when I park up, not only is it a social thing for me, but I try, I really try and support local when I do this because I'm parking behind pubs. Um, a lot of pubs and restaurants are more than happy to let you use their facilities. Tell them you're staying and book book your dinner there. And um, they're very, very friendly and they, they really appreciate it, you know. Um, if you're spending a few bob there, they're happy to, to, to let you stay there and encourage it probably. Yeah, like pubs have often opened their doors early to let us use the facilities like the bathrooms or the, or the showers, you know, like if you tell them and be honest and straight out and spend a few bob with them, like I'm staying there for free. So I enjoy the aspect of going out for a meal and yeah. having a few drinks, you know, so it's lovely. And it's great. Things are opening up again. You can start kind of meeting up with friends a bit more as well and get, get out, which is great. Is there any favourite locations that you've kind of discovered or, or went to uh, in the car? Oh, Jesus. To be honest with you, Chris, there's so many. Every place I go to is, has different um, different pros and cons, you know. Um, but hands down, my favourite would be Doolin and Clare, if you've ever heard of there. Yeah, um, one of our favourite spots too. Yeah, it has everything from different activities to lovely, lo like small Irish pubs and great nightlife. Um, you have the Cliffs of Moher, you have everything. There's loads of places to park. Um, it was such a buzz during, you know, peak times. But then, you know, one that's a bit more off the beaten track, not off the, but like out of a town, a bit more quiet, really campsite vibes. Um, Silver Strand or Malinbeg, if you've ever heard of it, in Donegal. Absolutely gorgeous. I felt like I was in the Philippines one day. It was, <laughs> it was breathtaking, honestly. And I had toilets there, little cafe close by. So, yeah kind of more like of a, a humble vibe you know that way and what are the toughest parts then to to camping in the car i would definitely say you know not having access to a bathroom right, um, yeah. it's something so it's really important um to research where you're staying it's not too bad now because a lot of pubs are open late um, and like that you know communicate with them that you're staying and they'll they'll usually open the doors for you but um Make sure that if that that you research where you're staying and make sure you have a toilet and and you know maybe 
safety as well make sure that it's in well lit. Course, yeah, yeah. no i wouldn't be parking on on the you know in the middle of a field somewhere where no one would see it you know that kind of way like yeah. it would be a, a public area the weather i'd imagine just like any kind of camping would be restrictive as well like if it's lashing rain and there's not much you can do as you said only maybe heading to a restaurant or a pub for something to eat and well, so I suppose this is what I talked about flexibility. So like literally if I have a weekend free and it's shite weather, I don't have any commitments. I can decide to not go or I can decide, oh, it's raining down in Wexford. I'll go up to Sligo or do you know, like there's no limitations in that aspect and you're free to go wherever, whenever, um, which is a great thing. So I very rarely uh, experience rain. And do you have any plans then to upgrade to, to something bigger or are you happy to continue as you are for the moment? Jesus, no, no, I, I love my taxi. Like I, I'm emotionally attached to it now. And, uh, I would love to upgrade, you know, I want to do a few bits, like put some some lights in there. And, you know, my friend is going to show me how to hang a tapestry on the roof, you know, like make it more mine. Um, but for now, no, I'm a student, you know, funds are very low and right. a limited time and that. So this is absolutely perfect for the minute, you know. You're already planning, I would imagine, you know, your weekends and the long weekends, for the next uh, part of the year yeah 100 percent. i am um, you know initially i i said to myself every summer between college i'd be leaving ireland and i cannot wait to explore <laughs> ireland this summer honestly it's um and like that you start to meet the same people when you're going out it's very much of a community yeah. vibe something i've never had um when you're traveling although meeting new people is fun it's really nice to be part of this community and you know, I have a I have a TikTok account and, and the more I share on there, the more I feel like I'm part of a community I never knew existed. Um, yeah, so, to start yeah. showing up. And um, I'd imagine the feedback and the comments that you're getting on the Instagram and TikTok uh, are obviously very positive. They are, yeah. And I feel like, um, I feel like, you know, I do get the odd comment. Oh, yeah, but, you know, it's it's that's not what it's actually like or like, oh, that place is a kip. And and I suppose when you're from there, we don't appreciate what's right in front of us, you know, so. Um, uh, everyone's experience is different. We just ignore the, the, the negative people and we just get yeah. on with it. Well, that's it. I have to say now that the response has been um, has been overwhelming in the best way, like and um I, I have got a lot of private messages from young women my own age who are keen to start their journey doing something similar, you know. And um, I suppose it's great to see, especially considering, uh, you know, the, the trend is to leave as soon as you yeah, can. Yeah. But, yeah. And that's a good question, actually. And um, like, do you have any tips or any, because given the, the, the recent news and all that, like uh, from a security point of view, uh, yeah, so from the security point of view, you know, I share a lot of my um, travels online and I suppose I uh, I make sure to not, and this is from anyone, if you have a public profile on, on Instagram, if, even a thousand followers, make sure not to post, um, make sure not to post where you are until you're gone because you never know who's watching, you know, it's, you just never know who you'll meet or who's watching and in addition to this, we always kind of po- uh, stay. I, I never really stay on my own unless I'm in a campsite, you know, where, where there's security guards, stuff like this. I'll never wild camp on my own. I always So stay. safety in numbers, yeah. Great. Yeah. No, that, that's really good advice. And I like the idea of share all your 
your videos when you come home rather when you're there as well yeah and not only that but you're living in the moment do you know what i mean like i like to not post for five or six days and 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 it's because i'm away you know you're enjoying yourself yeah exactly yeah and it's only when i come home and you know i'm slaving away in college that i that i can (laughs) spend my evenings editing which is what i love as well you know so well thanks for taking the time to jump on with us um do you want to tell people how to look at those videos or how to where to find you online yeah so um my main account is t- on tiktok and my username is kaylee o'dowd zero so it's k-a-y-l-e-i-g-h-o-d-o-w-d zero and yeah you can find me on there if you have any questions or um any more information you'd like to know i'd suggest messaging me on my instagram and um, which is kaylee.o.dowd and uh, it just means that i'll be able to see your your question a lot easier and i'll be able to to respond a lot, a lot quicker great well- Thanks for that, uh, Katie. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks very much for having me, Chris. I, I appreciate it. I'm glad to be part of the community now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're very welcome. And look, I'd say we'd probably even uh, end up meeting up on a, a campsite at some stage along the line. It's it's just amazing what you can get. I mean, the, the biggest cost of that was the purchase of the vehicle. And then what you can do to make a small type car slash van personalised is so easy. She just explains it so well, doesn't she? Oh yeah, absolutely very good. And our videos are great as well, like you know, and they're very uh, 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 friendly. And she talks about security there at the end of the interview as well, which is also important and a bit of advice for people. So look, we wish Kaylee the best with all of that. And again, if you have a similar product, maybe you've converted a small van, not like a Jeep or an ambulance like what I've done. Maybe you've got something quirky that you'd like to share with us, be it with photographs and a bit of a story like that. We can interview you. They're just done over the phone or over PC. So don't be worrying about it. Um, Get in touch with us again. Contact details coming up in just a couple of moments. Now, a new section that you want to introduce troubleshooting and fault finding for whenever somebody has a problem with their motorhome caravan or a camping experience that they need help with. Yeah, I post up my weekly postings about the podcast being released in the different motorhome groups. And uh, Michael was on the Irish motorhome group and he put a question and he was saying that uh, his gas boiler is not heating the water. Um, it, it just clicks when it turns on. The heater works perfect with 240 volts. He says, any ideas what might be the problem? So I passed on some troubleshooting suggestions, but it gave me an idea just to, I suppose, as um, a standard set of troubleshooting, maybe uh, every every few weeks on troubleshooting different solutions. So some of the suggestions I gave him, basically, the first one I said to check that the cover is off the outside vent. You know, I think that's kind of important. Obviously, if it's not able to, to vent out the gases, I think there's a safety in there that will probably shut it off. Yeah, yeah. Um, the gas, you got to check, is the gas working in the fridge or the cooker just to make sure that it's actually not a gas problem? Yeah, that's really important as well. You can have plenty of opportunity to try all of that, you know. And um, I asked them to check the control panel. Usually it's either uh, on ours, it's one of the older uh, wheels, but it's got a green light or a red light. So you can kind of see from there, but some, some of the more modern ones will probably give you more information or error codes, which will probably help you um, indicate what the issue is. You could also try connecting another gas bottle. Maybe it's just low pressure. Possibly the gas bottle is coming to an end. And, you know, that might sound, yeah, duh, but people don't think about it. You just get frustrated. So just swap over your gas bottles and see if that's the problem. Yeah, and I was doing some research and a lot of people... Uh, suggested that it it could be the supply of the water in the system 
um, or an airlock or something like mm. that. So they suggested, you know, the, what you could do is drop the f- frost valve or make sure that it's actually um, it's actually closed properly. Some people might leave it open for the winter and have forgotten to, to close that back again, you know. Yeah, there's a few things that you can do just but check for airlocks as well, because so many things. I have a similar problem where I, I've actually the opposite. When I turn on to heat my water in the Heimer, the heating comes on. And if I turn on the heating, the heating comes on and I'm not getting any hot water. So I won't troubleshoot gas. I will wait till it goes in for its habitation check in a couple of weeks. That is another thing I would say to you. If you're not too sure, don't go at gas yourself. Go through those little checklists that we just mentioned. And if it's still not working, don't don't get a screwdriver and start poking. Get a professional. Try and get somebody to have a look at it. Yeah, and everything we suggested there was something that anyone can do just from their van. We're basically checking all the systems that lead up to the boiler itself. But when it comes to the actual boiler, then if you've ruled out most of the the mm-hmm. user repairable things, then it's time to go visit a professional. Yeah, yeah, definitely do that when it comes to when it comes to any work on the on the motorhome. Um, it's very hard at the moment to get habitation checks there because there's so few people in Ireland doing it that they're just so, so busy. I know of one company that has literally stopped advertising because he's booked up until March of next year between repairs and habitation checks. So I booked, I was on to Pat Horns and I'm going to be waiting. I'm hoping to get it done before we head off on the holidays in July. That's how busy people are. But for something like that, somebody might say, well, look, drop it into me and I'll have a look at least. And then if it's a quick fix, they may do it for you within a day or so. But definitely, if you have anything to do with gas or anything like that, get it checked by a professional. That's it. So Aaron, uh, another episode completed. Um, all yes. we have to do now is just uh, say our goodbyes. Yeah, episode 141 gone. Don't forget, we have our Charlie and me and our podcast meet, Camping Crew podcast meet coming up in April. We will still let you know if more sites become available. Please do stay tuned for that. We love getting our messages. Look at the content on the show today. It was driven by you guys. So please do get in touch with your messages, your ideas, your suggestions on campsites or reviewing of products or any news item you'd like us to look into and discuss on the podcast. Uh, remember, we've got the car stickers if you want them. Well, we've got stickers for your motorhome, your camper van, your car or your caravan. We need your name, your address and your postcode. They're free and they always will be. But to get that to us, you need our contact details. And Chris has all them written in front of them. Yeah, absolutely. I actually sent a, a few stickers out this week now as well. So I think people are starting to get their vans ready. The, the requests are starting to come back in. But to reach out to us by email, you can get us on campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com. Our webpage is thecampingcrew.ie. On Twitter, we're at The Camping Crew. Instagram, we're at The Camping Crew Podcast. On Facebook, you'll find us in all the good motorhome and camping groups. Forum-wise, we're on motorhomecrack.com or boards.ie. And of course, you can get us on campsitereview.com. That's our sister website. We have a forum there. It's free and always will be. Feel free to join up and partake in asking questions there. And we will, um, when people start reviewing campsites, start reading out those reviews on the podcast as well. And every Friday, youtube.com forward slash Charlie and me, our camping vlog. The campsite review videos start Friday week. This Friday is the big reveal of the finished Overlander build. And then we go back to reviewing campsites with the odd Wednesday info video or update on the B-Bar or update on the sale of the Overlander videos on a Wednesday. That is it. Episode 141 from me, Aaron Burchell. Please do stay safe. And if you see us on site this summer, call over and say hi. That's it. And uh, we hope that you're liking the podcast. If you are, please subscribe. Tell your camping friends all about us. Goodbye. 
Well, that's it for another podcast from the camping crew. Thanks for listening and do join us again very soon. Safe camping. Oh,